Hello, and welcome back to Wandering the Edge, a podcast about Ukrainian history with a spot of travel. I'm your host, Larissa, and today you're all in for a treat, a guest guest specialist, um, and we'll be talking about the history of Ukrainian music. And I'm not going to swear in this episode, but I also won't be talking about any tourists or travel options for you since this will be a bit of a longer conversation. And as always, if you are listening to us on Podcast Addict or Apple Podcasts, please leave a review or just rate it. You can also find us on Spotify and of course the website wanderingtheedge.net. And now, let me introduce you to one of my close friends and the always happy Marichka Machik. So, Marichka is an ethnomusicologist, singer, and folklorist who lives in Canada, uh, but is originally from Ukraine. She graduated from the National Academy of Music in Kiev in 2002, and is one of the founding members and soloists of uh, Bozhetsi, a folk choir that I randomly was introduced to during my first day in Ukraine, when some of them performed at the Canadian Embassy for a Christmas concert. Um, They also have toured the world singing traditional Central and European, uh, sorry, Central and Eastern Ukrainian vocal music for over 15 years. Uh, Marichka has had various solo ARA projects also, like Sonechko Klosh, Kuku Chanel, and the Monchiki Project. And she is now married to Mark Machik, who founded the very awesome, very talented Lemon Bucket Orchestra. Uh, I've written a couple of articles about them, and they are a uh, great collective of not only people, but artists. If you can, check out the infamous Balkan Klezmer Gypsy Party Punk Superband. The couple also created the award-winning Gorilla Folk Opera Counting Sheep and have won a Scotsman Fringe First Award, two Dora Maver Moore Awards, several Canadian Folk Music Awards, and an Amnesty International Freedom of Speech Commendation. Commendation, sorry, among other accolades. They also started Urgent, a crowdfunded online venue at the beginning of the COVID pandemic, which partnered with festivals and presenters across Canada to present over 40 of the country's most dynamic artists. They also are responsible for Balaclava Blues, uh, so that little video that I put up last week on the website, uh, a project that debuted at the uh, Luminato Festival in Toronto and the Latitude Festival in the UK and then went on an 11-show humanitarian aid tour of Ukraine, including stops in the war-torn Donbass region. Their first single, Don't Leave Me, was featured in The Invisible Battalion, a film about women on the front lines of the Donbass War. And if all of that isn't exhausting enough, Marichka has over a thousand songs in her repertoire, which she collected over countless Uh, ethnographic research expeditions and which she performs regularly in different iterations with a number of groups both traditional and contemporary. This has led her to create a new project called Folk Songs of Ukraine, a digital archive of folk songs that she has collected throughout Ukraine which I will obviously link through the sources page on wanderingtheedge.net. I will also try to include as many links of all the other projects Marichka and Mark have created or were involved in, because I can. 
Additionally to all of this, I met Marichka through Mark in Ukraine and we became fast friends. We spent time hanging out with wounded soldiers and just living our complicated lives during a complicated time. I was also fortunate enough to be a bridesmaid at their wedding and they gave me the greatest present of all during my wedding, the gift of Ukrainian music. I love these people and they are absolutely brilliant artists and I'm super honored to be considered their friends. Now, before we begin, I want to point out that we talk about the Tenebita a little bit um, in this episode, and I just want to clarify what it is before we move on. So the Tenebita is an alpine horn used by the Hutzels of the Carpathian Mountain region. It's a basically a way of communicating between the hills, sort of, and now it's incorporated in a lot of traditional Hutzel music. And so, let's start a conversation with Marichka Madchik about the history and evolution of Ukrainian music. Hello, Marichka. Hello. We might switch into Ukrainian. Yes. No, 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 no. Let's try. Try. I will try my best. Okay. Um. So in the introduction, I pointed out that you are one of my favorite people in the world. And I love you and Machik so much. I'm so happy that I, I can finally see right you. Now. I know. <laughs> You're like real person. is real. Real. <laughs> In real life, yeah, it's so touchful. Um, so let's go into sort of what you think is the history of Ukrainian music. Uh-huh. What's your idea of how it sort of evolved? Oh, uh, this is like a big lecture about that. Shortly, what we music academy, but of course, uh, everything came from a like rhythm. And uh, then became a monody, like one one part singing, and then uh, like adding voice by voice, and then it became polyphony. If you're speaking about like folk music, mm-hmm. um, and um, it's it's how it's how it's, it's how I was learned uh, during my uh, educational time in music academy, but. Well, see, maybe Monodi at least is like the main, main part uh, of, uh, of evolution. Maybe it's like opposite. Because <laughs> there's, there's like certain, I guess, branches of Ukrainian history too, right? So you have the folk aspect, which is very much comes from the peasant culture. Mm-hmm. And then you have more of the military style that comes from the Zaporizhia, the Zaporizhsky Kozakir, mm-hmm. the that sort of tone and then i guess you have more of the more modern versions but like from the early 20th century the like romances, still see, you mean yeah but there's like also romances songs. but i think mm-hmm. lyrical songs and romances i also sort of put those into with the folk because there's that folk it's still folk of course yeah using old melodies and yeah. just lyrics different yeah. It's actually this is this is a main part of evolution because it starts with the uh, like you say like a pagan songs and uh, then culture and historical um, um, environment was changed and it's but certain parts 
I mean, like melodies from old calendar songs was based around uh, like years mm -hmm. and then nature circle of life. And it depends, of course, like of the sun, sun, rain, mm -hmm. all this spiritual world. And then was changed with the Christianity. Mm -hmm. But it's still, it's still like same melody, same type of mm -hmm. songs, like rhythmical type. So this is, uh, this is specific of uh, my ethnomusicologist background. But uh, yeah, and uh, almost pretty much lyrics was changed or part of lyrics. So for example, um, the carol songs, mm -hmm. uh, you can see it in the songs because uh, when it was like in the first cows, like sun came. In the second house was a moon. In the third house for the uh, little stars. But then, when lyrics is changed with Christianity, it was like uh, Jesus Christ mm -hmm. came instead of uh, stars, yeah. for example. Uh, and then, of course, a different genres um, with different historical time came into folk music, um, like with the Cossack songs and Strelitsky mm -hmm. songs and. Um, yeah, and the, um, I think uh, most, not, not most interest, interesting, but <laughs> closest to like 200 years old songs, so like 500 years old songs, this is like lyrical songs when uh, people start not only thinking about uh, like some spiritual words, but or like specific of uh, like calendar celebration, like Kupalo mm -hmm. or uh, or other no Hayevki, yeah Hayevki, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm, like that. So um, it was a lyrical songs about feelings, like how how people feel about different things, and this is very very interesting part of uh, evolution. I know a lot of. Uh, when I talk with my English friends about the meaning of some of our songs, <laughs> they look at me as if I'm crazy yeah, because exactly. <laughs> some of them are just absolutely insane. I know. Where do you think that sort of came from? Actually, it was most funniest part when I uh, work on this maybe prop project, the folk songs on Ukraine archive. I asked my daughter Katya to do like roughly translation mm -hmm. or like what this song's about. <laughs> this is most common question in my workshops, uh, in this continent. So what are the songs about? And sometimes I'm just disappointed that, oh, really? What is this song about? I have no, I sometimes lyric, like this kind of lyric or this, um, have uh, such deep and different meanings and so poetic that you can't combine it together with like one meaning. This means like mm -hmm. this and this. It's just about, I don't know, about something, some feelings. Or sometimes it's have a crazy um, uh, for understanding Luxurete. Um, uh, Situation. Like crazy yeah. situation, like some like yeah. husband kill his wife yeah. because he's jealous or or like for like, no reason. Or uh, like for example, uh, 
Hori uh, La Sosna is, our, is exactly, a popular wedding song, exactly. and it's literally about a woman yeah. being tied to a tree yeah. and burning alive. Yes, exactly. Or like woman was beating her husband every day, and he was upset and says, "Oh, why are you beating me?" And, oh, because you drank every single day. But yes, oh, but you drank every single day with your kuma as well. So how I can describe this situation <laughs> and translate? Because people think like. Are you crazy? <laughs> Is it possible? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I look first I um I plan to make an archive for school educational <laughs> program and I start to say like, oh my god, so it sounds cool if you don't really try to understand what the song is about. <laughs> But it's really it's a lot of drinking song. Uh, in Ukraine, so this is a part. It have to be, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know, or maybe I start thinking maybe I should call this song, but like, it's hard to find another one. Mm -hmm. It's hard. All, uh, pretty much like ninety percent of um, funny songs, humorous songs. It's about like drinking yeah. things. Yeah. This is part of culture, probably. Mm -hmm. How we can cut it? This is a It's what you probably should should people know, but it is beautiful, so melodic, yeah. and people thinking it's like a really yeah. like it's not not like serious problem, but this is like oh, this funny. It's but it's also I think like when you live in a village and you have nothing else to do, drinking is your one so social yes engagement, Absolutely and that's right. when this where the yeah. songs come from, right? And it's still. Yeah. But it's still not yeah. only in the villages, but yeah. this is uh, the kind of part of uh, part of culture. <laughs> When I was, um, it was a couple of years ago in the University of Toronto, there was this um, ethnic group, Zulke, I think, yeah. Zulka, yeah. something like that. Their their main um, study, their PhD study, was basically how the songs of the fields. Right, so a mm -hmm. lot of the songs that we hear now sort of originated from women working in the fields, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. harvesting mm -hmm. or, or plowing or whatever. Mm -hmm. Do you also sort of feel that that's there's a connection to that? Especially with, especially I don't know. Maybe I'm when I'm getting older, mm -hmm. I start really I start to feeling a power of first and where the songs came from. Mm -hmm. And I use it. So when I'm outside, I'm trying to sing outside, and it's it's way different feeling than you're sitting at home in this like four uh, square uh, room and, and and singing here. Yeah. And this like open voice called here Billy Wallace uh, open voice. It doesn't sound uh, inside uh, inside houses that properly that is supposed to be it's why it is so always so loud because it was used uh, for, to sing outside yeah. to sing to the birds to think to uh to get to the like spiritual world and mortal world so this is a special voice uh used only with like some magical purposes so what is the billy holos or the white voice or the natural voice or whatever It's, it's exactly so you can't like our ancestors truly believe that you can't use your like natural human voice to connect to connect with uh, gods mm -hmm. 
to connect with uh, like mortal world uh, where they believe and uh, to connect to to cold rain or like oh. or opposite of sun it's supposed to be in their like in their beliefs it's supposed to be special voice mm -hmm. using only uh, um, when you uh, have to connect these words and it was this open like loud voice was used for 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 these things and it's what's most interesting part it's not only ukrainian tradition so this kind of voice exactly for this for this uh, purposes was used in different cultures it's actually this year i i, I try to find uh, similar things in indigenous people culture. That's what I was thinking, yeah. exactly yeah. yeah and it's exactly using uh open voice mm -hmm with connection exactly with this uh with these words uh, worlds uh no it's it's exactly like similar because i know you did um you sang with um the the breathing uh throw throw thinking yeah yes throw yeah. thinking mm -hmm. is that sort of like the same do they have the same similar idea about that type of singing is their yes, connection exactly. to yeah exactly it, yeah they were speaking yeah uh, this is not open voice, but it, it, it came from the earth through your body, so it's not really uh, indicated that it's your voice. They're not speaking using this voice. Mm -hmm. This is something yeah, yeah. special, uh, like to connect to the like, animal spirit or like some, I don't know, some naturist spirits. Now, I know it's Same popular thing. in Ukrainian, like for, uh, for the Billy Holis is popular in Ukrainian folk mm -hmm. singing. I don't really find that I, I don't hear it maybe because I'm not like, I'm not a fan, but I just don't hear the other Slavic ethnic groups singing in it. Oh, it's different. So in Russia, you can find, yeah. you can find, yeah, that this, uh, traditional voice, Belarusia as well. Uh, not pretty much, not so much in Poland, uh, in the Balkan countries, it's 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 close maybe not that but just just different type of voice uh but um yeah so but it's like because i feel like we've gotten maybe it's the popularization of ukrainian folk music in general now in europe but yeah it's yeah it's kind of uh, it's kind of popular now, especially after 2014. Yeah. How I can see that? Yeah. This is a wave that folk music. Well, that's uh, how I met you. Be, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it became popular and lots of things. And especially with mixing in different genres, mm -hmm. it's like only one band presenting Ukraine in the world. This is Daha Braha. Mm -hmm. They using folk songs and open voice. That so and yeah. and look at it Euro Eurovision for example mm -hmm. now the first time uh, in the history of this competition it was some Ukrainian band singing uh, and using folk song yeah this is yeah. so 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 weird but it's yeah I'm glad glad to to, to see that so do you wanna do you wanna give us an example of what Billy Hola sounds like. My uncle sounds probably uh, terrible. <laughs> it sounds terrible when you say so Okay, I mean terrible technically. <laughs> because it have to be like special. I know, yeah, I know. Okay. I will try. Um, 
Let me think. Aha. It will, it will be spring song. What region was that song uh, from in Ukraine? Uh, this was from uh, a Western Polisa in Ukraine. So, because because so our Lemko song, because I'm a Lemko from so Ukrainian from from the Carpathian mm-hmm, Mountains mm-hmm. in Poland, mm-hmm. we have a lot more a little bit of a different way of, of, of singing. Course. Yeah, yeah, because we have because we have our own like different dialect. Right. Yeah, and you know, oh, because of what? Because of uh, because of uh, uh, landscape. Mm-hmm. It's a different le- landscape in Ukraine that um, uh, influences. Yes. Uh, be- uh, for example, if you live in a like step uh, eastern Ukraine or like in a central Ukraine, it's pretty much like fields, mm-hmm. open space, mm-hmm. or like in if you yeah. It's why they're using this kind of voice. When you're in the mountains, it's like, um, Karpaty region songs, Lemko songs, it's different. They they never use this open voice. Yeah. They, they use different things. And uh, um, yeah, it's why Lemko songs, it's absolutely different world. And uh, they have like so specific melodies and lyrics. You can recognize from... From a thousand of songs. Oh, this is a Lamco song mm-hmm. because it's, you you even don't know why, but and uh, what is exactly Lamco songs? But you can hear hear mm-hmm. the type of melody and, and of course language uh, specifics that exactly uh, point you. That is a that is a Lamco song, and this it's it's lyrical and it's using this um, intimate voice mm-hmm. to to sing. Is it because when you when you yell across someone in a in the mountain region, they'll hear you a lot better rather than if you're like on an open plane? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they're using like trembita yeah. or dream yeah, yeah. so you're not really using yours, but it's actually um, a very specific genre uh, called avoykanya. What I find only this this year. This, really? Yeah. I, it using like words, uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. it's exactly what's communication into like from mountain to mountain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, they copying a trembita sound, so it's not really oh. song. They copying with the voice trembita sound and listen. Some something like that. Yeah. I will, I will send you examples. It's so interesting. Uh, I've never thought of it, but now that you too, say it, yeah. me too. And, and it's ex- exactly like using a um, scale of uh, particular instruments in Karpaty, but copying with the voice. Wow! So instrumental coming first. Yeah, yeah. And, and in this uh, example, it's like more open voice. 
But then, so is that's probably the reason why there's so many more sort of dialects in the Carpathian Mountains than, let's say, the Steppe. Oh, every, everywhere is uh, specific dialects. It's uh, oh, probably like hundreds of, yeah. of specific, even if it's like neighbor villages, mm -hmm. you, you can, you can find it. Lots of things, especially in singing and, and in the songs. Um, yeah. And uh, what is, uh, uh, if you're talking about professional singing, representing tradition of like particular uh, region you can sing with the one voice mm -hmm. all regions from U ukraine yeah it just you just well, which is the, yeah. the like you know, the sort of to do like specific oh uh yeah. uh like oh like ooh, or it's so many so but many is this, things is that then the influence of like western opera choir um uh, yeah this influences exist of course because like for example, uh, in um, Saint Petersburg's, uh, uh, so Tsarist choirs. Yes. Yeah, Tsarist yeah. choirs. It was like special guy who uh, went to Ukrainian villages to research for a good voices because mm -hmm. Ukrainians was yeah. like famous yeah. with a, uh, like a famous singers, and then did the research. And took uh, took it to this capella, like Tsar mm -hmm. capella, and they, of course, they were singing uh, church church type of music. And then this this singers came back to to the villages and bring that culture, like oh. musical yeah, harmony. Yeah, yeah. And this is and this knowledge they brought to the folk music, mm -hmm. and you can sometimes you can hear can hear that because like. You came to one village and get oh why this uh, why is this five part harmony voices wow. it doesn't exist in a like nearest yeah. Yeah, nearest villages it's only on this village and then uh, when you like start to do a research like some old people telling me oh it was like, that guy came like, they were studying wow. in like Petersburg and you like ah okay so and he came back and he taught the others and that's but how yeah it, you yeah. you should you kind of you should know that because but when you're thinking oh it's so specific uh, village wow. for example this Mnohalita what we're yeah. singing. Like, all across Canada, this is exactly for came from this uh, compilation from this mix, and it's like why is this so beautiful and unique? It's like five part for yeah. me, um, no harita, which is two words saying over and over again. Exactly, yeah, but yeah, very very like multi harmony, beautiful like church type of singing mm -hmm. mixed with the folk music, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's always interesting things. <laughs> what's, well, what's your favorite? Like, what's your favorite regional songs to sing? For you personally? Oh, for me, I actually like. I uh, before this year, before I start this research of uh, different regions mm -hmm. of Ukraine, I find a lot of interesting things that I never heard before because I was specific on. A certain type of singing in region, which is uh, like central Ukraine yeah. or uh, like step. What I find for myself, uh, it's a, a songs from Bukovina region mm -hmm. and from Karpaty region, and now I'm trying to like find this specific voice 
in in my in my body and try to sing it because it's so it's so beautiful, so unique. Mm-hmm. And so now my uh, now my love is like Book of Venus songs. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. I mean, I like Bukovina dance. Yeah, because I danced it. But yeah, it was my favorite dance. But I've never, I've never actually. I don't think I've heard any songs from them though. Mm, it, yeah, because it's not lots of people like know these songs. But now, like, I'm so glad that I, um, I create this archive that people can find yeah. any any songs from different parts of Ukraine that they interesting and can listen this easy and I will I will try to continue to collect the book of you know, wasn't it was pretty hard to mm-hmm. find actually. There's no collectors really yeah. But it's also Bukovina is like high mountains, so I'm guessing it's also to no. get that information out it might be difficult. You know you probably you know why because folklorists was interested mostly on like multi-part harmony, mm-hmm. beautiful singing, which is not the book of inner songs, but they have like specific, like melismatic and so interesting pronunciation. For me, I find it very, very interesting. So not not a lot of ethnomusicologists was collecting songs there, but maybe like some different reasons. Mm-hmm. I, I have no idea. But it was like, it, it was certain region that this was so hard to find materials. Mm-hmm. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Like, I'm surprised you guys found, like, stuff at all, so... Yeah. But more power to you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I know, of course, I, I, I work mostly with uh, big archives, mm-hmm. laboratory in Lviv, in Kiev, music academies, they have a lot. But, um, yeah, I, I did my own research and collections from private collections. Mm-hmm. And it will be continuing because a lot of songs, recordings, old recordings, just sitting at home yeah. and sometimes in this uh, cassette, yeah. <laughs> cassettes, with it's getting just old and not useful. But it's also the new generation not really, exactly. not either not knowing it's there or just not caring it's there. Yeah, right? or it's like on some, maybe... The best way it was digitalized and uh, in some cities, but who can find it yeah. in all these cities? So if you have like an old box of your grandma sing- singing, in like send it out to your money. Exactly. <laughs> Please do that. I will try find a way to digi- digitalize it and put it for everyone. It has to be alive and it has to be yeah. used all around the world. So. There was, I guess, the way that I sort of see Ukrainian history is uh, we grew out of a very peasant culture. And then our, we didn't really hit industrialization like the history of Western Europe. Mm-hmm. It was sort of forced on us a little bit by the Soviet system. Mm-hmm. And I feel that that force of something that really wasn't a natural aspect of our culture sort of changed the way that we as a people existed. Did this also influence the musical history of Ukraine? Of course, a lot. This is a mostly, sad, like, it's very sad part, part mm-hmm. of history, is especially, uh, uh, it, it changed the way, I think, in the natural, na- natural, in the natural way to, uh, to grow up for, for, for uh, folk uh, songs, especially, because, like, what happened? Um... Of course, Christianity changed yes. a lot, yes. but 
when uh, during 70 years of uh, Soviet inflation, they, of course, they sent in every single villages and collectivization in all this, yeah. uh, like, wasp history. Mm-hmm. Um, they create, uh, uh, it calls, like, Hor Lanka. And they send the teachers from uh, industrial cities not to, uh, for, for example, not to use open voice. It oh, had wow. to be, like, beautiful lies, mm-hmm. uh, like, nice voice. Uh, they can they can sing, of course. Uh, it, uh, lyrics was changed, yeah. and have to be like about machines. Or uh, so in, in industrialization of even lyrics came through, and um, so and they have to be like certain type of singing and dancing, and uh, even. Uh, no, for folk uh, costumes, mm-hmm. three, uh, it, it was totally changed. So, and you can see it now, like mm-hmm. the result of these things. When I hear, like, you have to slow down at the end of the songs, it's never ever exist in folk songs. Yeah. But this is the choir type of folk singing. Uh, this is a result of uh, Soviet influence. And it's it's a lot. Even it's like most famous, like Horvirovki, mm-hmm. Hor, like this is yeah. and this is a result of this influence. But mm-hmm. this type of voice they're using for choir singing, um, uh, and like and for again for like this beauty, beautiful, beautiful. I don't know how how to like. It, it, it can be nice, it can be that nice ending in yeah, 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 ending dynamic, what is never existing for folk music. So everything was changed. And because it was um, popularization of this kind of music, just to, uh, to make people and diff- old, old generation just forgot about existing mm-hmm. natural. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, for songs and singing. I mean, the whole the mod also wiped out exactly. a lot of yeah, voices. Lot. Yeah. Yes, this is became a folk singing. Yeah. That's what people think. Oh, oh, Ukrainian traditional singing looks like that, but it's not. Yeah, yeah but it's not. And and especially dances. Like oh no, oh my god. So uh, Ukrainian folk dances. It's just like community things mm-hmm. that it's it's easy to dance and. Uh, it's a it's a community dance to just to socialize, yeah. not only to drink, but this is what's thing for so socializing. Yeah. Um, for folk dances, like everybody can can be engaged yeah. and easy to learn, and people was dancing. But now, um, what is Ukrainian dances? This is a sport. Oh, 100%. this is an absolutely different type of uh, Ukrainian dances, which is. Never exists in the culture. Mm-hmm. This is a product of like Soviet Union. Became became a like folk tradition. Yeah. And everybody loves to follow this. This is a cool thing. This is a cool thing to participate, to learn mm-hmm. and to watch. But this is no traditional. Yeah. It's just different, different thing. Yeah. So this is a this is a hard, hard part. We have to accept that it became a just Another another historical type of uh, Ukrainian music, which is mm-hmm. exists and still exists, 
And I mean, it's beautiful in its own right. Exactly. I'm not saying that it's, it's what, not. Yeah, yeah exactly. And the, the thing is, for me here in Canada, we didn't really grow up with like that folk voice. We grew up yeah. with that type yeah, of singing. exactly. With the choir, with everything. Yeah, and shit. Nice. It's, it's beautiful, a, yeah, but of course, like... 2014 changed a lot in my life mm -hmm. because of the revolution and the war. Mm -hmm. I mean, I met my husband because of it. I met you and I met Machik and stuff, and I'm forever grateful. <laughs> uh, even grateful. though it did cause completely utter chaos <laughs> in the country, but I mean, it's the one bright spot of like of the connection that that, that I made. But I also yeah. feel that the Maidan Revolution 2004, I think, also sort of finally broke open. Yeah, that like that folk spirit in a lot of people yeah because people try to i identified themselves with who they who they are mm -hmm. who i am oh i'm i have to, i'm defending my land i'm defending my family and i live there in this land which is ukraine so it's natural way to yeah. keep to keep yours yeah and this period especially when it's like revolution and war and all these conflicts you're keeping uh keeping your family which is ukraine and mm -hmm. ukrainian traditional it, tradition it, it, it's why this wave came up and i know Draha Praha was always on stage mm -hmm. during the maidan yeah. and like the bandurist player i forgot his name he was always also popular in the maidan and i feel that that's finally sort of came out and when Jamala came back to Ukraine after winning Eurovision mm -hmm. and even her winning Eurovision was a remarkable feat in yes, itself. Exactly. But when she came back and when Onuka played in Kyiv, that was actually the first time I've heard Onuka play. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time that I saw instruments mm -hmm. that I've never even knew existed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like, how do you as a professional musician sort of, because Eurovision too is important for Ukrainians because it sort of brings out the I think it brings out the best in Ukrainians and it brings out the worst in like England and mm -hmm. France and stuff. Mm -hmm. Right? But you know it's exactly and to continue on this like Soviet influence, they destroyed and kill everything. Like mm -hmm. Kobzars, mm -hmm. uh, Bandura culture, uh, it, it, they try to kill everything. But like something, yeah, something still, <laughs> something still exists. It's why nobody in the world knows about that. You didn't know about some 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 instrument yeah. exists in Ukraine, and nobody in Ukraine knows it. Not only in yeah. Canada. So this is, uh, yeah, this is seven seventy years have to be gone, and we should find this mm -hmm. like small seeds and and grow it up. Even even in Canada, it doesn't matter in which country, but we this is our seed mm -hmm. that we can grow up in a, in a beautiful environment, culture environment, and. Um, to be continued because I'm it's not, I mean, years of traditions. Yeah, but yeah. I'm not going to talk about the 20 years of independence where we just had a random blonde yeah, chick yeah. being like pop stars who yeah. are not really good singers yeah. because that that to me is just <laughs> we're going to completely ignore that. That did not happen <laughs> because that was absolutely <laughs> brutal. <laughs> Yeah, because like <laughs> well you know you know how it was yeah this is a game this is exist <laughs> so we're just gonna move along we're not gonna discuss that yeah, time. yeah we should just find individual way 
to keep right things. So how did you fall in love with Ukrainian music? Oh gosh, it happened randomly. I never, I never expected nobody in my family live in villages. So I'm like industrial girl born and grew up mm -hmm. in a capital yeah. of Ukraine. So I actually I never heard village singers uh, except of course, all my, my, all my, all my friends, uh, have a, like, babusia and mm -hmm. Dido, grandmas and grandpas from villages, and then came for like, some uh, birthday celebrations. And usually it was like open, especially in the like, summertime, it was open windows everywhere mm -hmm. and doors. And from that, I can hear it sometimes, uh, village singing with open voice. And actually, I hate it because probably it was the drunk, drunk people thinking it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not when we like came to like some celebration in the village uh, and hear that. I, I always I hear folk songs from drunk <laughs> drunk and drinking people and like I, I even told my mom I will never sing folk songs <laughs> never ever. Does she does she now go be like so remember when you told me that? Of course every single time now she reminds me how <laughs> it's tell never ever. And uh so yeah I chose uh, classical music music to uh, like as my passion um and I I, I grew up as a a professional classical pianist and then yeah. like, when it was in the crate 11 um from a uh, famous folk ensemble only one it was at this time called Bravo. she came to our school like, as a um, uh, as a teacher uh, like fac fac faculty oh, teacher yeah, yeah. And she asked, like, who wants to learn and listen some, uh, like, folk, Ukrainian music? It was, like, two of me and my classmates. <laughs> like, it, it was just two of us came after school, and she she brought, uh, like, magnetophone, <laughs> uh, uh, like, old recording. And I heard uh, songs from Rivne region, which is Polin, mm -hmm. um, Western Padilla. And I just, I just died. Like, what? I was here. This song, like, is it Ukrainian? Yeah. I, I remember my first feeling, like, how even people without education can, can create this complicated and beautiful and hard songs, how they can sing with this type of professional, mm -hmm. melismatic and vocal, vocal aids. So yeah. interesting. It really, really to uh, to represent so I was just fell in love immediately I like I want to learn more I want to hear more and it was so hard to find this voice mm -hmm. <laughs> and Allah was helping us so it was like one day love just yeah <laughs> see teachers are important of course of course is important oh so yeah and then of course it was it was some time that I that I started thinking, oh, I'm like I'm really after twenty years of singing, of course, like, oh, I'm kind of tired of only singing folk songs, but I'm interested in something mm -hmm. else. So I'm trying to like, okay, this folk community has the same people everywhere because it's like it's small, it's yeah, small, it's small, yeah. small community loving the like, really mm -hmm. loving the songs and dances. So I started to think, okay, maybe I'm tired, so I will move 
<laughs> I mean, the professional life to another way, like not. Because you sang jazz, didn't you? Uh, no, no, it's not. It was like the like child, but it's not like kind of yeah. like uh, the woman professional. Yeah, it was a chanson singing, nice and beautiful. Nothing, uh, nothing about folk music here. So, which, I, by the way, was a surprise uh, when you invited me to a concert in Cave, and I'm like, oh, it's gonna be like folk music. Uh, I come and I'm like. This is not full oh. music. <laughs> yeah, oh, and and I love it. Of course, I love I, I love experimenting, and I miss is mm -hmm. I miss my band and my musicians. But uh, then I then this became a like second way for me. Then I realized it nothing better than folk music. Nothing, nothing was interesting, more deep. Nothing. For, for me, especially, of course, I'm interested in and open for every kind of music, and I love it. Uh, but really, for me, like, nothing more powerful, and I, I find it lots of uh, really mm, wisdom things, and especially in the folk lyrics. Mm -hmm. oh, oh my God! Now, like during this year, I like reading and listening to lots of lyrics from different parts of Ukraine, from different genres. It's so much wisdom there. You can you can learn and you can use it so yeah 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 i was talking to mark a couple days ago that you know what nothing that interesting and important in the in, in the world than folk music yeah <laughs> well i mean so this is i want i want to say and i think i've told you i think i told mark i don't know if i told you so when me and yuda got married yes you offered me a present which was great <laughs> The best gift I got that day, in all complete honesty, is when you guys came to the reception line and sang yeah. behind me. That was, to me, that made my entire day. Because it, it represented who I am, because yeah. it was Ukrainian music. But it also allowed, it, you share your love. Of course. And that's what I loved. Yeah. Yeah, of course. This is this is love. This All the songs, like folk songs... Everything about love. I, I think it's it's what I find now. Mm -hmm. It's not only words that everything about love. This is love. This is about love. Even the whole senior song. This is about love. <laughs> I can feel it so deeply. I don't know. Maybe people became a bit so sentimental during this uh, like last years and mm -hmm. all these things. But yeah and maybe i'm just too old i'm at 45 so maybe this is it i mean like too old uh um if maybe this is a time to find some deepest thing about what your what's what's yeah. your passion and what's under that because really it's is it all this is a thousand years of uh tradition mm -hmm. it's it's really it's very really deep and interesting but it's, it's, I think it's, it's, I think it's like two, three thousand years worth of the basis of the songs are so simple, but so important. Mm -hmm. And I think to Ukrainians who sometimes lose that aspect of where we come from mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because of all the shit that just goes on into like our history. Yeah. We're really, always attacked. Yeah. We're always, mm -hmm. you know, there's always corrupt figures. There's always like people that are supposed to be doing something, but they're not. And that's why I love going back to that village aspect. You go yeah. to the village, mm -hmm. you go back to the earth, yes. and you ground yourself. Yes. Yeah. You ground yourself, and you find this feeling, and you understand, oh, yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> this is this is why. And everything combined, this is like a puzzle. 
that builds builds your as a the human being, the who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? I don't know. Well, what I do you think, think the future of folk music is going to be in Ukraine now? Hopefully, and because of the digital world still exists, it helps a lot. Yeah. Now, you're not supposed to go somewhere to find even like folk music or something, something else. You just go online and just try to help people to make it uh, easier and really to find it and uh, to keep tradition alive and uh, learn and sing. So, really, internet, <laughs> digital world helps a lot to keep, yeah. to keep our traditions alive. You can find lots of things very easy. So, I think it will be, a, it will grow in. Yeah. But yeah. Everything will come back <laughs> to, to the roots. Um, I will link the your project on, of course, the website, wanderingtheedge.net. Do you want to? Tell people where to find the project. Yeah, so please welcome to uh, folk slash ukraine.com website and uh, find lots of beautiful old recordings mm -hmm. of Ukrainian songs from Japan. With translations. Oh, yes, trans <laughs> translation <laughs> and lyrics and music scores. Yeah, and enjoy. And that's it for this episode. Uh, I hope you enjoyed our girl talk about Ukrainian music, and I hope you get some new found um, appreciation for it. Remember to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at WanderEdge uh, Ukraine. Check out our website, wanderingtheedge.net, for source information and other interesting extras. And please, if you can, donate via the PayPal, which is located on the How to Help section on the website. And if you're listening to me on Apple Podcasts or Podcast Addict, please rate and review and leave a comment about anything, even any weird historical tidbit you have about your culture or peoples. And if you are listening on Spotify or the website, thank you very much. And as always, happy wanderings, my friends.